It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Celtics get two big wins over the weekend. The winning streak is now eight games, and Derek White immediately making an impact. Gotta love it. We're going to talk about it right now in the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corral us above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how I started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine and your first listen every day of the week. I'm here for you Monday through Friday. I really do appreciate you checking out the Locked On Celtics podcast. It's free. It's available everywhere. If you've missed the show, you can go back to LockedOnCeltics.com, scroll through and catch an episode from the past. Watch the show on YouTube. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I've also written a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, and I was one of the voters, the media voters, for the 75th anniversary team. I will be doing a podcast about that with a couple of people from the Celtics involved in that uh, over the All-Star breaks. It'll be some fun kind of All-Star break content there. So that'll be coming up later on. But right now, I'm going to be talking about two more wins over the Denver Nuggets on Friday, the Atlanta Hawks on Sunday afternoon before the Super Bowl winning streak, eight games now. The Boston Celtics are alone in sixth, alone in sixth. And on top of it all, they play Philly on Tuesday. They're two games behind Philly. They play Philly on Tuesday. If they win that game, There'll be one game behind Philly. And the last game for the All-Star break for the Sixers is Milwaukee. Boston's last game before the break is Detroit. Not inconceivable. I'm not going to say I expect it. I don't expect a 10-game winning streak. But if they can do it, they can tie Philly and go into the All-Star break tied for fifth. It's possible. It's right there. Unbelievable. I'm going to do, in the third segment, I'll talk a little bit more about the Denver game. I'll get deeper into the Atlanta game in the next segment, because right now, I got to talk about Derek White. Let's talk Derek White, because he's as big a story as anything right now. And I wouldn't say that he was the biggest reason that the Celtics won either of those two games. I mean, Tatum had a huge second half against Atlanta, and I thought that Derek White did obviously play a, a much better game uh, overall against Denver, but was he the reason they won? No, but he's a big reason they won, and this is exactly the type of player that the Celtics were looking for when they got Derek White. So let's just talk about Derek White right off the start. 
So it's against Denver on Friday. I'm sitting there in the media dining room talking to uh, a member of the uh, Celtics PR team. And we're talking and me and a couple other reporters were talking and he looks at his phone and he says, oh, Derek's playing. And we're like, Derek is playing? (laughs) That's new? Really? They confirmed it. And then we reported it when we reported it. And it was just the surprise 45 minutes before the game, sitting there chowing on some brisket. By the way, they had a nice meal for us. Chowing on some brisket, just kind of like, all right, let's see what we got over here against Denver. And all we get the uh, the news that Derek White, ready to go. Trade is officially official. So, and then he came out and dropped uh, 15 points on 50% shooting, uh, six rebounds, two assists. And so I think what we saw in the two games is that he's he really is an instant fit. And somebody, I think it was in one of the YouTube comments, brought up the Gordon Hayward comp. Not that he's a, the same type of player as Gordon Hayward, but the Celtics are getting from him the type of thing that they were missing since Gordon Hayward left. And I'm sure you've heard it on this podcast. You've probably heard it on other Celtics podcasts as well. The Celtics could really use a Gordon Hayward type. The, 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 the loss of Hayward was really damaging. And so what does Derek White bring? Now, if you missed, by the way, the bonus episode over, over the weekend, I posted on Saturday, gave you an extra episode, me and uh, Jeff Garcia from Lockdown Spurs got together and talked about Derek White and what, what, he, what he could bring to the Celtics. And this, this type of glue, this type of do everything is, is what, what we're looking for. It's what Ime was looking for. And a lot of the stuff that we said in that, in that podcast, uh, in the podcast with, with Tom Westerholm, where we did the immediate reaction, what was, what did I say in that podcast? I said, you know, he knows Ime, he knows Will Hardy, he speaks the language and like, he knows the terminology and a lot of the, the, the types of sets that they, they're trying to run. And Ime said the same thing before the game on, on, on Friday. So, you know, this guy, he, he gets it. He knows what I, what I want. He knows what I'm trying to do. And he's going to step and slide right in. And that's what he did. Ime wrote him for the last 17 minutes and 19 seconds of that game against Denver. He subbed in at 519 in the third quarter and played the rest of the game. And of course the Celtics were shorthanded a little bit, but he he's the type of guy that Ime instantly trusts, instantly trusts. Um, the Gordon Hayward comparison in the, in the sense of, do you need a ball handler? He can be a ball handler. Do you need him to play off ball? He can play off ball. Do you need him to drive? Do you need him to post? Do you need him to initiate a pick and roll? No problem. Do you want him to stand in the corner in space? No problem. That's offensively, he does all of those things. In the two games against Atlanta and Denver, that's all of the stuff that he did. Now, in a, against Atlanta, he didn't hit a ton of shots. Uh, in fact, he didn't hit, uh, what was he, one of, I'm looking at the third quarter here. <laughs> he was uh, overall in the he was 4 of 14, 2 of 10 from 3. The fact that he took 10 three-pointers is wild. Uh, 14 points against Atlanta. In against Denver, 
he stepped up and had 15 points, hit three of seven from three, six of 12. So let's see, three of seven from three there, two of 10. So five of 17, uh, you know, not, not the greatest from three, but showed some ability to hit, to hit the three pointers uh, can be a little streaky there, but he'll catch, he'll shoot. And if he has the opportunity, he'll make him, he'll make him from the corners. He'll make a few, but offensively, he does a lot of the things that you need a guy to do uh, against, uh, against Denver, the, the ball movement, the constant attacking, knowing where to be. There was one, there was one offensive possession that led to was at, towards the end of the game. It ended with a Robert Williams alley-oop. But there was one point there where Jason Tatum got the ball in the middle, was kind of like you can see him heading into a spot where he was stuck. And Derek White was up around the, the break around the three-point line. And he was kind of like in the same spot as Jalen Brown was. And he immediately recognized, "Uh uh-oh, spacing's off. And he shot down to the corner. And he knew where to be. And that's a a play that will be overlooked. That decision will be overlooked. Because from there, he swung it over to Jalen. Jalen drove and it ended in an alley-oop. Now, that's been tweeted out. I shared it on Boston Sports Journal, but that little play, which you may not even remember, but that little play of, oh, wait, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be over there in the immediate recognition. And by going there, he gave Jason Tatum the outlet. Tatum was stuck. He turned. He's like, oh, there's my guy. Boom. Got it. Swing, drive, alley-oop. One of the problems with the Celtics is their spacing had been so terrible earlier in the year that guys don't recognize. Okay, sometimes in the heat of everything happening, you find yourself drifting a certain way. But the ability to recognize what you're supposed to be doing and then fix it and then have that be something that, that, that was key to that, crucial to that play, because that play that being in that spot is what led to the alley-oop. And so that's what we get with Derek White. You get a guy who understands the game, who sees the game, who against the Atlanta Hawks on Sunday had a baseline drive and understood that he had Rob up top, Clint Capella in between, and when Clint Capella took a couple of steps towards him, that Rob, as soon as he recognized Rob, yeah, Rob sees it too. He fired up this alley-oop, which from behind the backboard, baseline drive, he just shot a pass straight out over Capella and in comes Rob because how many times have I said it? Guy drives baseline, cut down the middle because everybody turns and looks to the baseline because everybody is just in, instinctively, you look towards the ball. The guy's driving towards the hoop. He's got the ball. He's a threat. Everyone wants to turn. So you drive from where the opposite side, he's going baseline. You cut from the top. Rob cuts from the top. 
Derek throws this insane pass from an alley-oop from behind the backboard. I don't know that I've ever seen an alley-oop thrown from that particular angle before. That's what Derek, Derek White gives you. There's been a lot of chatter about the cost for him. Um, is he going to come in and be a star player? Is he going to be an all-star for the Celtics? Maybe not. Maybe never. But this is what the Celtics have been missing. And the, the comparison to Gordon Hayward is very strong because he does a little bit of everything. Versatile defender. He worked his butt off on the post, on the perimeter, knows when to switch, understands what the concepts are. It's not going to be perfect all the time, but he gets it. He gets it. I'm happy with what I saw over the weekend. And that's just two games fresh off the plane against Denver and then starting to figure things out and figure out timing with his teammates and stuff. Still not all there for sure, but I, I like it. I get it. I see what this is going to do. I understand he's been in the closing lineup. I get it. I like it. Much more, much more all week long, I'm sure, on Derek White because we still have to process everything that we saw, and there's two more games this week, so plenty more Derek White talk coming up this week. Uh, I'll come back. We'll talk more about the Atlanta game when I return. But first, I got to make sure that you know about Built Bar. This is the time of year where a lot of people just say, you know what, New Year's resolution, I'm done with you. I'm just going to start eating those candy bars again. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't eat a candy bar. Eat a Built Bar. You're not going to feel guilty. Why do people give up on their New Year's resolutions? Because you slipped and now you feel guilty. And then once you feel guilty, you say, you know what? Screw it. Can't do it. You get down on yourself. Have a Built Bar. You realize that the Built Bar that you just had is like 130 calories or so. Four grams of sugar, four net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Tastes like a candy bar because it's covered in chocolate. It tastes delicious. And you're like, at the end, you have this feeling of like, oh, man, I blew it. And you realize, no, look at the nutrition. You didn't blow it. You're actually good. That's a good snack. It's fine. Because the candy bar is like 240 calories and 30 grams of sugar. That, that's where you blow it. This is something that you can bring to the gym with you. Go work out. Get back in there. Maybe you've missed a couple of days. Not a problem. Get back in there. You're good, man. You're going to do it. You're going to get there. Have a built bar at the end of your workout. It's going to give your body some of the nutrition that it needs. It's going to give your body the protein that it needs to build the muscle. That's going to help feed you. Uh, it's going to help make you look good, feel better, and all of that stuff because you're building that muscle. You're going to fill out that shirt a little bit. When spring comes around, when bathing suit season comes around, you're going to look good. Go check out all of the flavors at Built.com. Scroll over the different products on Built.com. They don't hide any of the nutrition information. It's all right there. They're not hiding anything. Then when you buy something, use a promo code LOCK15. No pressure because this promo code works every single time. So you don't have to go there and feel like you're going to buy 10 boxes or something. Go check out. Pick out one thing that you like or think you might like. Locked 15 is the promo code, 15% off. Try something different. When you do figure out exactly what you want, then you can stock up. Plenty of great things over there at Built.com. Use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off every single time at Built.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. 
Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Uh, why don't you make your second listen to Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game, analysis from our local experts. For example, after this game against Atlanta, I recorded about a minute and a half. My thoughts, that goes on to Locked On Now. And the host of Locked On Hawks, Brad Rowland, he'll record his minute and a half. And now you have both sides of the recap. So check out Locked On Now wherever you get your podcasts. It's also on YouTube. Let's get into this Atlanta game a little bit more. Boston Celtics beat the Atlanta Hawks 105-95. 2 p.m. start, so the game starts out a little janky, a little a little pre-streak Celtics. You're like, oh, yeah, I remember these guys. This is the classic, I'm going to see if some of these jump shots fall type of, type of game. Very typical NBA. Early, you're like, oh. Guys are like just kind of like stretching out, like, oh God, what are we, we playing basketball today? All right, uh, I'm just going to fire up a couple of these jumpers, a couple of these three pointers. Let's see if I can come out hot. Let's just see if I'm feeling it. And so that that's kind of how the Celtics first half went. Celtics are like, ah, eh, jumper, no, okay. Um, Derek White was, was a big part in the second quarter of, of keeping it close. The Celtics, Got down big in the first quarter. Second quarter, they, you know, they they made their move, but then back down. 15, it ended up being like a 15-point lead for the Hawks. Halftime, it was about 10. They come out in the first bucket in the third quarter, and it's like down 12. And you say, oh, all right. Then all of a sudden in that third quarter, boom, 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 12-0 run. Suddenly they're attacking the basket. Suddenly they're pulling, you know, Capella out and DeAndre Hunter draws four. He's called for four fouls in about a minute and a half and he has to sit. And now you take that defender out and that really hurts that, that Atlanta defense, no John Collins in this game. So that really hurts the Atlanta defense and the Celtics just say, you know what? It's go time. They went for 50 points in the paint in this game. 27 were scored in the third quarter. 27 points in the paint. Just points in the paint in the third quarter. That's amazing. Teams score 27 points in the third quarter, in a quarter. You score 27 points in a quarter, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. That's 108 points per game. That's pretty good. They scored 27 points in the paint. They scored 42 They went from down 12 to up nine at the end of the third quarter. Hell of a turnaround there. Celtics defense clamped down. The Celtics uh, offense was attacking, uh, relentless attack. Jalen Brown was a huge part uh, of that third quarter run. um, It was basically Jalen and Jason who, and Jason the entire second half, Jason, 16 points, six of nine in that for in that third quarter. Jalen Brown, 11 points, four of five 
So 27 points from those two in the third quarter. Uh, you got free throws from Marcus Smart, who went to the line five of six from Marcus Smart there in that third quarter. Um, Horford hit a couple of big three-pointers. His three-point shot is, is coming back. Celtics overall in that third quarter just did everything. 11 rebounds. They had seven assists on 13 baskets. They, they defended extraordinarily well. At the same time, they got the, – the, the Hawks got nothing. Uh, they got five points from Trey Young. Trey Young had a big overall game, but in that second half, it just felt like he was missing a ton. Trey had 30 points and 10 assists in the game. And I didn't even see what his second half numbers were. Um, 12 points. He was a minus 18, four of 13 shooting. There it is. One of four from three. So the Hawks were complicit for sure. But what the Celtics didn't do in the third quarter is something that they didn't do in the fourth quarter against Denver, which was overreact to a star against Atlanta. It basically was, hey, if Trey's going to shoot you to a win, and Trey's going to shoot you to a win. Can't stop that, right? You, you, you try to defend as best you can. Every once in a while, you're going to screw up because he's crafty. And there are other guys, Bogdanovich, you got to worry about Herter. You got to worry about Capella. You got to worry about a lot of things going on there. And so every once in a while, Trey's going to pop off for an open shot. But he, he missed. He was just missing. The Celtics continue to attack, attack, attack. And that's that's the big story in that in that third, uh, the third quarter was the big story in this game. Now in the fourth quarter, Celtics got stagnant again, and it was offensive rebounds. It was down to six and Jalen was driving and, and going one on three and attacking, but there were no, there was no ball movement. All of a sudden, everything just kind of stopped. The Celtics got up by about 12 or so, 14. Um, uh, what was the biggest lead in that game for the Celtics? Biggest lead for the Celtics was 13. So they, they got up by 13. I think they felt like, okay, they, they were rolling. But Jalen started driving. It was like a one-on-three, and he jumped, and he had nowhere to go. No one was cutting. No one was moving. So Jalen was going off on these, these forays that just didn't seem to have any any sort of end, he just kind of put his head down. He didn't have a plan when he got into the paint, which usually that, that's old Jalen. That really is old Jalen when he used to do that all the time. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to drive, which I appreciate the aggressiveness. I just extolled the virtues of the Celtics attacking, but you, you still have to have like a, a plan. You got to be like, you you have a plan of attack. When you go in, you can't just like put your head down and, just, I'm going to go through and I'm just going to jump and see what happens because you got to come down. And if the rest of the team is like, what do, uh, where are you going? And you got nowhere to go. You're either going to land and travel or you're going to throw the ball away. And Jalen threw the ball away in the fourth quarter. And, and that helped the Atlanta Hawks kind of come back. Jalen was 0 of 3. He had two turnovers. Uh, he did have six rebounds, but he didn't, he didn't score. In the fourth quarter, Jason Tatum had to come back in and he scored nine points to help close the game out. Fourth quarter was 18 to 17 Boston. So that was no one was hitting lots of defense being played by the Celtics. No one was hitting on either side. Fourth quarter, Trey Young 
was two of eight. Bogdan Bogdanovich was three of eight. DeAndre Hunter was one of six. So they got nothing from, you know, the Hawks got nothing from anybody. And the Celtics, meanwhile, they had those two offensive rebounds. Marcus Smart got his and Robert Williams got one, uh, missed the free throw. But those are two clutch plays that built the lead back up to 10. And after that, it was just basically the Celtics holding on. So this was a game that, much like the, the Denver game, which I'll talk about next, Celtics started slow. They found a way. They got hot. And then fourth quarter was about, it looked like they were about to blow it, kind of an old-fashioned again. And they found out a way to win. So kudos to them. They found out a way to win. And it's their eighth win in a row. How about their seventh win in a row? Which they overcame another bad game from Jalen Brown. But they did it. I'll talk about that next. The Denver game is next. First, bet online. Football is over. But basketball is in full steam, both pro and college. So for all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Uh, It's not just basketball either. Hockey, boxing, UFC, right down to Olympic coverage. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Why not make Locked On Bets your second listen every day? It's your one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Just told you about Bet Online. Listen to your boy Q and Lee Sterling. Maybe they'll give you some good advice before you go lay some money down at Bet Online. So check them out. It's free. It's wherever you get your podcasts. Boston Celtics on Friday beat the Denver Nuggets uh, 108 to 102. Uh, that was their seventh win in a row. Another game where Boston had 54 points in the paint. And this goes to show the Celtics, they're attacking. The ball movement in this game was just mwah, chef's kiss. Love it. Um, multiple attacks, hitting the paint. Kicking it back out, driving again. The exact type of thing that the Celtics have been wanting to do. Uh, A few of the clips that I shared on Twitter and on Boston Sports Journal, you see the Celtics just attacking over and over again. It is literally the exact kind of basketball that Brad Stevens has been begging them to play for two years. This is exactly the way, if they play basketball like that, every single game and attack the way they did in that game. If they attack every opponent with that level of energy and ferocity and that, that tenacity that again, you get the ball, you drive it, you get into the middle, you draw defense, you kick that person drives it. Now, sometimes you just drive and kick and that person's wide open and they shoot fine, but the drive, the kick, 
there was one where uh, it was Derek White who drove it, kicked it, got over it, like Jason Tatum got it, drove it, kicked it. It, it, the, The passes are like three, four, five passes at the end. Derek got the ball back. Trust your teammates. Give the ball up. You get the ball back. Boom, he hit a three. This was the epitome of how the Celtics were supposed to play. And even though they were cold, they shot less than 40% from the field, and they still had 24 assists on 38 buckets. It's very difficult. Like the entire concept of the assist is it leads to a made basket. So if you're not making basket, there are generally not a lot of assists out there to be had. Pretty simple. Even I can understand that math. But they still had 24 assists on 38 buckets. So that's that was a big thing there. The other big thing, this was a game that for sure Boston would have lost earlier this season. 100% positive they would have lost this game. But what do they do? Defense. And they started playing good, strong, smart defense where early in the game, and Ime said it afterwards, even Rob said we're we're screwing up some of our – some of our 14s, he would say, it's like that you're switching one through four and not one through five. So you say 14 because you switch one through four. So that means that Rob, as the center, doesn't switch. No matter what happens, he's not switching. And so if you forget and you you decide to switch, now you're going to – that stuff leads to Jokic picking you apart. In the first half of this game, Jokic was picking them apart. He also had a bunch of turnovers, but in the second half, especially down the stretch – Rob did a great job of defending a very strong guy, a huge guy, one-on-one. And when Denver posts Nikola Jokic, they're not saying, hey, Jokic, go out there and be Kevin McHale and get us a bunch of buckets in the post. Whenever Jokic is posting up, there's a good chance that he's just looking to pass. But he's good enough when he posts up that you got to think, all right, maybe we got to send somebody. Maybe we got to get the ball out of his hands there. Rob and the Celtics were able to stay disciplined, stay home. Don't overreact. Don't feel like you have to double team. The second you leave, he senses it because he's a god, and he'll pick you apart. He'll hit the guy that wherever you could double from. You could, like, float from the rafters like Sting. You can come down and double-team him from there, and he'll find somebody up in the rafters cutting to to dunk on you. Like, he's so good at that. The Celtics went straight up, and he started missing. Rob had no chance on the perimeter. When Jokic gets the ball in the perimeter, he shoots. I can't even show you on YouTube because the release is out of frame over my head. He shoots it from way up top over his head. No, you can't, even Rob can't block that shot. But when he's posting, he's just lowering that shoulder and lowering that shoulder. And he's not super athletic where he's going to jump. And he's not like, he's not going to jump so high. He's trying to get space and an angle and all of that stuff. So by playing him straight up, Rob can challenge those shots. And you're not giving him the passing lanes because you're staying home. Very disciplined defense there. And the the defense early in the game, 
They forced 21 turnovers for 22 points. Earlier in the game when the Celtics weren't playing well or weren't hitting shots, the defense kept them alive. Those turnovers that they forced Denver into were crucial for Boston staying in it. They found ways to win. And look, they found ways to win against Atlanta and Denver in games that they probably would have lost in the past. I think this is the sign of progress. Denver's a good team. Atlanta's a good team. And yeah, they, had, they didn't have Collins, but still a good team, dangerous team, and the Celtics found a way to win. This is, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it feels good. It just feels good that they're able to, to do this. They're at this point. I think it's a little bit of vindication for them, a little bit. Um, I asked them if it was vindication afterwards, and, and Jason had the best line. I asked, you know, asked Jalen, he's like, yeah, a little bit, like just a little bit. Like we're, we're kind of getting, we're getting our, our chance to, to face these teams that beat us before, and now we're getting a little you know, payback. I think he read that with a vindication is like, we're getting payback. Tatum was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not here to say I told you so. I'll tell you that I told you so when we win a championship. So good attitude. Celtics are in a good spot, man. They're in a good spot. Uh, and, and we'll see what happens. Two more games this week before the all-star break. See how they do. Let's see how they close this out. Uh, I have to. I mean, I don't have to have to, but I feel like I have to address one last thing. And it's with Ennis K. Freedom, who apparently feels the need to retweet everyone who says, uh, who spreads this conspiracy theory that he was traded to Houston and cut because of his political views and his attacks on the Chinese government. And it was, it's almost entirely politicians who don't know a damn thing about basketball and okay, fine. If that's what you want to think, if you're a politician, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. That's fine. I don't care. And it's Cantor and it's freedom perpetuating that. Get over yourself, man. Get over yourself. Do you honestly think that you were cut because of your political views? Do you honestly think can you honestly look in the mirror and say, I'm a good basketball player, but because of my politics, I was cut? No, you can't. You're not a good NBA player anymore, and you haven't been for a while. You're not good. You're not good enough to be in the NBA. Your days in the NBA are over because you suck. It doesn't matter what you say about the Chinese government. You can be pro-Chinese government. You can go out there and say all the things that you accuse other people of saying. And in your little cartoons, you could say anything. You could say, I take it all back. I'm sorry. You still are not good. You're not good enough to be in the NBA. This whole thing that you're doing, there's a whole road that you're going down, runs so counter to what you used to stand for. That whole, you know, when you're standing up against Turkish dictators and your family, that was, that was noble. That was a noble cause. And we all supported you for that. And yes, the, the cause that you've taken up against China, that's very important. That's something that we should talk about. But if you think that that political stance 
is what's keeping you out of the NBA. You're delusional and you're letting yourself be a puppet, which is kind of curious because in that cartoon that you posted, you were actually a puppet. And I think there's a little bit of projection there. You are being used and you're out of the NBA because you suck and they're using that for their own benefit. I'm just utterly shocked, but I shouldn't be shocked. I saw that. I just had to, I had to say something. All right. That's the podcast. Um, I'll be back tomorrow with Tom Westerholm to talk more basketball about the, um, uh, about what we saw over the weekend about Derek white, much more Derek white talk. And then Tuesday, Philly. So the Wednesday podcast will be Philly post game Wednesday. They play Denver. I'm sorry. They played Detroit. So the Thursday podcast will be the Detroit post game. Then Friday, we'll wrap it all up. One more show to kind of take a look at the whole thing, the whole week, what we've seen, where the Celtics stand. Hopefully by then they'll be tied for fifth, which will be right where we always expected them to be kind of a weird ride there. But the fact that they're almost there just says a lot about how far they've come in a very short amount of time. So if you're new to the show, please subscribe, subscribe to the show, wherever you get your podcast, it's free. It's everywhere. Even on YouTube, subscribe to the show on YouTube. So close. We're right about 3,900. I'd love to get another hundred by the end of the week. We're chugging along really great. So uh, subscribe there as well. And if you are a subscriber, please help by sharing the podcast. Tell your friends, tell everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.